Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write a blog called The Demon's Voice about movies and shit like that. You can find it at demonsvoice.blogspot.com and I'm also on Twitter at a demon's voice, of which you should definitely follow me because why the fuck not? Hope you've all had a good week. It was MOT week for me, which is always a scary fucking time of year. He phoned me up after he'd done it and he said that my Fusion needs some work doing on it, which sounded fucking expensive to me. I don't know anything about cars and I don't know what the Fusion does, but it sounds like it helps travel into fucking light speed. Then it turned out that my car is a Fusion, it's a Ford Fusion, and he just needed to change some bulbs. So that was pretty good. What's not good, however, is the new Shaft film, which in the UK at least is on Netflix, uh, which I saw the other day. I'm going to talk to you about why that's bollocks in a second when I read the blog uh, to you, but the thing I don't mention is just how badly put together it is. It's almost like, oh God, how do I describe the editing of it? It's almost like, it's almost like it wasn't edited. They just filmed a shot and then just didn't look at it ever again and then just put it next to the next shot that should have come along. It was really bad. It was directed by a guy called Tim Story, who, uh, he also has done the Ride Along movies and he did the Fantastic Four movies with Chris Evans. So that is the level of auteur that we're dealing with here. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll yammer more about that now, I guess, when I read my blog. So sit back and enjoy. Cheers! So I watched a Shaft film for the first time ever the other night. As in the Blaxploitation franchise, obviously. That's not just what I call pornos. If that was the case, then I'd have to say that I'd spent most of my teenage years attempting to find the limit of how many Shaft films that one single brain could take. I suppose I should clarify further, too, that I didn't actually watch Shaft, the 1971 film featuring Richard Roundtree as Shaft, or even Shaft, the 2000 film featuring Samuel L. Jackson as Shaft, but rather I watched Shaft, the 2019 film with Richard Roundtree, Samuel L. Jackson, and some young dweeb called Jesse Usher as Shaft, Shaft, and just one more Shaft. Essentially, this film works on the same principle of a gangbang, in that it assumes that the more shafts there are, the more fun things will be. Apparently, Roundtree is the oldest Shaft and father to Jackson's Shaft II, who in turn is the father of Usher's Shaft Jr. I also guess that the characters of Shaft are about as imaginative in naming their children as the filmmakers are with this franchise. There's only five Shaft films, with three of them being called Shaft. Where's the fun in that? Has anybody even told them that the Shaft is also what we call a bit of a dick that isn't the tip? It'd be ironic if not, because I spent the movie hating these characters so much that where I was supposed to see three Shafts, I could only see three real bellends. Like being wanked off by a monkey with arthritic hands, the film begins with a Shaft being rubbed up the wrong way. Shaft Jr.'s best friend Karim dies in a suspicious drugs overdose in which there was so much heroin in his system that he should have died before being able to administer it all to himself. So either he was drugged and murdered by somebody else, or he died doing what Keith Richards used to call casual Tuesdays. Although his death is so abrupt that I quite literally had to pause the film and Google exactly who the dead character was. Right before that, Shaft Jr. and Karim were hanging out and enjoying their night out on the town. Shaft Jr. went to bed and is awoken the next morning by a phone call from his mum. They found him, his mum says, crying as Shaft Jr. leaps out of bed, fully aware of whatever the fuck she's talking about. In the space of one single cut, we skip over Karim getting lost, murdered, being discovered missing, looked for, and then found dead. I honestly thought that I'd had a fucking blackout because of how far the film had suddenly fucking leaped. Despite working for the FBI, Shaft Jr. decides that he needs the help of his estranged father, Jackson's Shaft II, who knows the streets better on account of him being a private investigator. Because this film wasn't filled with enough euphemisms already, it seems that one of the Shafts is an actual private dick. The film attempts to be a sort of cross-generational buddy comedy in which the older Shaft II and the younger Shaft Jr. bicker about the differences in their worldview. 
Chef the Second is a politically incorrect ladies' man who likes to shoot first and then make a misogynistic comment later. Shaft Jr. is more of a modern man who hates guns and spends too much time being a fucking nerd behind his computer. The only problem is that like a nun at a wankathon, this witless film doesn't have the skill to pull off one shaft, let alone two, and as such it presents them both at such an extreme end of each spectrum that I fucking hated them both. For the bulk of the movie, Jackson's shaft throws homophobic slurs at his son to the point that you'd think this film had been sponsored by the fucking Westboro Baptist Church. We aren't meant to be laughing at Jackson's shaft of being homophobic, but rather we're meant to be laughing with him, as though his bluntness is simply what we're all thinking. My favourite of these might be about halfway through the movie, though, in which Shaft II finds out that his son doesn't like guns or supports a support group or something like that, and becomes so enraged by this perceived fakeness that he simply screams, What does pussy look like? Shaft Jr. fails to answer, but of course the correct answer is, It depends on what your standards are. In the case of Shaft II, I'd guess that it looks like a pork scratching that's being crushed inside an old leather wallet and then left to fucking fester. At the start of the film, we actually see Jackson Shaft II in the 1980s, with the actor having endured some pretty fucking horrendous de-aging technique. He's wearing so much fucking makeup that it's like a haunted ventriloquist doll has come to life and decided to make it as a Samuel L. Jackson impersonator. He looks like one of those fucking cheap knockoff toys of a popular brand, as though he's now playing Mick Fury from Marvel's Assemble. Although even this was better than the modern day version of Jackson Shaft, who spends the movie channeling a fat creepy uncle. I don't mean to body shame him, but he had a weird Tony Stark style chin beard, and a polar neck jumper which left about an inch of extra second chin poking out throughout. I wouldn't normally mention it, but his character was a proper arsehole, and it just constantly hung there like a nutless ball sack dangling from his fucking face. At one point he exclaims that, if James Bond was real, he'd wish he was me, which I guess is because he thinks he's cool. But honestly, I'd say that Shaft is more Harvey Weinstein than 007, and I say that whilst being completely aware of Bond's already dubious relationship with women. Did I find it believable when women showed an interest in Jackson's creepy old Shaft after he'd confused a chat-up line with sexual harassment? No. Can I picture his character forcing a woman to watch him wank furiously into a pot plant? I mean, that may have actually happened in the film I can imagine it so fucking clearly. Shaft Jr., however, is the absolute definition of a complete fucking idiot. Near the end of the film, a character is shot, and as the screen fades to black, we hear his whiny fucking voice screaming, What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I can appreciate that he doesn't like using guns, but he's a fucking FBI agent. Surely they're trained to stay calm under pressure. One person gets a simple flesh wound, and he instantly bursts into an impression of a panicky child that's wiped its ass for the first time ever, and somehow managed to get a bit of shit into its own eyes. His FBI boss is played by Deadwood's Titus Welliver, that's how you pronounce it, who seems to have drawn inspiration for his character from the picture of the angry face that they show to sociopaths when teaching them about basic human emotions. He tells Shaft Jr. not to investigate a particular mosque that has seemingly done nothing wrong. Shaft Jr. ignores this, investigates the mosque anyway, and causes an incident that leads the media to accuse the FBI of racism. Shaft Jr. then gets a phone call from Titus asking why he's also been failing to show up to his office for the last few days. When his excuse for everything essentially boils down to, I'm hanging out with my misogynistic father, he seems surprised and annoyed to find himself suspended. I mean, what the fuck did he expect would happen? I got into trouble when I was a paperboy for just tossing half of my deliveries into a fucking bin, but at least my mistake didn't lead to national headlines and an increase in racial tensions for my fucking area. Roundtree's older Shaft manages to retain a little more dignity than those other two, but only because he fails to show up until the final ten minutes. He walks around with a forced sense of cool as though he's the voice of reason, but as is the case at a gay sauna, an old man arriving to be nostalgic isn't what you want when you have two shafts bashing heads against each other. I think that he's trying to be suave, 
but he reminds me of the time Grandpa Simpson started a fight with a tramp for failing to paint his chicken coop in 1947 after paying him in fucking corn muffins. When the mystery has been resolved and the bad guy has turned out to be the one person that you knew it had been from the start, the film decides to throw in one more cliche for good luck. Having redeemed his name, Titus offers Shaft Jr. his FBI badge back, and can you guess what he does with it? I mean, I don't want to ruin anything, but it was an act of such predictable cringe that my body performed the kind of spasm that's only usually seen during a fucking exorcism. The final shot of the film is actually on the poster, and it involves the three men wearing long coats, sunglasses, and walking out into the road and into traffic. The cars screech to a halt to let them cross, which is supposed to show how much respect the world has for them. But... Walking into traffic is such a mad bastard thing to do that the scene plays out as though a group of dementia patients have gotten fucking lost. Sure, it's nice when three family members can see eye to eye, but by the time the three shafts have rubbed off on each other, the end result is too much of a wanky mess for me to care. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.